uh, the the book is n not an entirely new book. Um, it is just uh, a new edition, uh, enlarged enlarged edition. Uh, but I'm sure uh, most uh, most people have not seen the book before. Um, went out of print many years ago, and uh, thanks to uh, Doug French and Diana Forbush and the Mises Institute, it just has been reissued. Um, I just want to uh, say a few words about uh, one of the central themes of uh, of the book, and then make a few remarks about um, some of the um, extensions of uh, of that central theme. Um, economics was once part of what is called a moral science, um, and in this uh, moral science, uh, the concept of property uh, was a very important uh, concept. Um, during the stage of uh, economics being part of uh, moral science, uh, economics and ethics was in a way mixed up um, and in the meantime, the concept of uh, property has almost entirely disappeared from uh, the discipline of, uh, of economics. Uh, but you can still recognize, of course, that uh, implicitly um, the concept still uh, plays an important role. For instance, we could not talk about exchange without having some idea of um, uh, of property uh, or what is a voluntary exchange that requires us in a way to think about property also. Even uh, concepts like prices, um, uh, exchange ratios uh, between different property owners exchanging their, pro uh, their property and so forth. Um, but as a result of economics becoming uh, what is called a value-free science, um, uh, ethics has uh, more and uh, more disappeared from uh, the discourse uh, among uh, economists. Um, and um, despite the fact that uh, even in order to speak about value-free uh, science, uh, we must also presuppose certain values, namely uh, respect for reason, uh, respect for uh, argumentation, the force of arguments, uh, and so forth. Um, in Mises, you find very little um, uh, talk about um, uh, property, especially in his uh, economic works. You find much more uh, talk about property in uh, in Murray Rothbard. And my my book has set itself the task, so to speak, to um, to reintegrate um, economics and ethics um, without, however. Um, disputing or um, changing the fact that there is a clear-cut distinction between uh, a value-free positive economics on the one hand and uh, ethics as a normative discipline um, on, uh, on the other hand. Um, and um, uh, I do this uh, reintegrating of economics and ethics um, in purely theoretical pieces and also in a number of uh, applied pieces. What I want to do here in a few minutes is just um, to say a few words about my uh, writings in the book on, um, on pure ethics uh, and uh, then uh, end with a few remarks about uh, applications. Um, what I try to accomplish in the book is to present some um, axiomatic foundation of 
ethics in the same way as Mises presents an axiomatic uh, foundation of economics. Uh, most of you are familiar with Mises' work, um, where he begins his economics with the so-called uh, um, axiom uh, or um, axiom of uh, action, um, and uh, this axiom of action uh, is axiomatic because you cannot uh, not act. Whenever you try to refute uh, that humans act, uh, you have to engage yourself in an uh, activity, and so we have, so to speak, a firmly established starting point from which all of economic theory is derived. And what I do in the book is to show we have in ethics, we have a very similar axiomatic starting point, which is called the axiom of uh, argumentation, or also the a priori of argumentation. Um, we cannot uh, deny that we can argue, um, engage in a discussion with each other, because if we would deny this, then we would already be engaged precisely in, uh, in argumentation. So we have a firmly established starting point, a starting point that cannot possibly be denied as being a starting point be beyond which you cannot possibly uh, go. Um, and um, once we have the starting point of we have to argue with each other, um, uh, it follows that uh, no statement, no proposition um, that, um, um, that denies this uh, starting point can possibly be defended. Uh, or we can also say that whatever must be taken for granted insofar as we engage in discussions with, with each other, um, cannot again be disputed uh, in terms of its validity because uh, if we would dispute it, then we are engaged in what is called a performative contradiction. Uh, the content of our statement would be contradicted by the very fact of making this, uh, uh, making this statement. Um, and th the second thing I do is to de delineate what the task of ethics uh, is. Um, the task of ethics is uh, conflict uh, avoidance or peaceful um, cooperation, um, and we are um, um, uh, confronted with the possibility of conflicts because there exists uh, scarcity. And in order to solve the problem of how can we avoid conflicts, uh, uh, given the fact of uh, scarcity, we obvious, it is obviously required that we must have exclusivity rules or rules of property that assign the right to control scarce resources to one person rather than uh, uh, to another. Um, so scarcity is one of the requirements or one of the, um, one of the requirements of having ethical problems and the other um, uh, requirement for having ethical problems is the fact that we must have rational entities being involved in, uh, in conflicts, uh, entities that can argue and discuss uh, with each other. A further requirement for any type of ethics is it must be um, uh, discipline that formulates rules which are universalizable. That is to say, all people all arguers must be capable in principle of agreeing to these rules. And uh, a further requirement for any type of ethics is we must formulate rules that allow us to 
act from the very beginning of mankind on. Um, that is, we must be able to start right away. Um, and the solution to this uh, problem is um, well known in these circles. Um, that is, uh, we must have self-ownership, we must be owners, exclusive owners of our own physical bodies in order to be able to engage in argumentation. Uh, if I don't own myself and I would not recognize the self-ownership of my uh, uh, opponents in an argument, then obviously we could not possibly engage in uh, I say this, you say something else, and so forth, and uh, arguing back and uh, back and forth. So self-ownership cannot possibly be, be, be denied um, as uh, a, valid, uh, a valid principle uh, without falling into a uh, contradiction. Um, and uh, the, second, uh, the second rule is um, we must have uh, the right to appropriate uh, previously unowned uh, resources. Um, uh, if we would not have the right to uh, appropriate, uh, acquire the right of exclusive control of previously unowned resources, then we would all die out. Um, and uh, if we would all die out, then obviously no ethical problem would exist uh, whatsoever. So two principles are entirely sufficient in order to uh, come up with a theory of property rights that cannot possibly be disputed by anyone, uh, the right to own ourselves, uh, our own body, and the right to acquire previously unowned uh, resources and um, uh, acquire thereby exclusive control over these uh, resources. And these two principles are by no means just uh, conventions. Um, Conventions are uh, rules for which we have alternatives, so to speak. Um, a convention is, for instance, uh, that we use the Latin alphabet when we um, engage in, uh, in written communication with uh, people. And we have an alternative to these conventions. We can also use the Cyrillic alphabet, for instance. Um, but... Uh, uh, the rules that I mentioned, uh, self-ownership and uh, uh, ownership in um, originally appropriated uh, resources, um, there is no alternative to them if uh, we understand that the purpose of ethical rules is to uh, avoid any type of, uh, of conflict and to allow people to act from the very beginning of mankind on. No other rules can possibly... Um, uh, achieve this uh, result of conflict, uh, in, uh, conflict-free interaction, except these two, uh, except these two rules. Um, just a, f a few words about um, uh, other uh, other things that you find in in this book, despite, um, besides these uh, purely abstract. Um, um, inquiries about the foundations of uh, ethics. Um, I have um, a number of applied investigations uh, on money, for instance, and uh, there I show the importance of the distinction between money as property on the one hand and property titles. Um, uh, that is, uh, tickets that uh, that show you to be the owner of a certain piece of uh, of property. Um, and once you introduce the distinction between 
money as property and property titles, um, then you come to a correct assessment of uh, uh, the legal quality uh, of uh, fractional reserve, uh, reserve banking. Um, fractional reserve banking is nothing else but an, um, an increase in the number of property titles uh, without an increase in the uh, quantity of property in existence, which in all other cases would be, of course, considered to be a fraudulent, uh, fraudulent thing to do. Uh, you increase the number of titles to a car without having additional cars available, um, from which it clearly follows that practices like this should be considered uh, illegal. Um, I have an investigation about um, the property status of uh, so-called public goods. Um, there's a chapter on, um, on Marxism and, uh, and Austrianism uh, showing a certain similarity and yet fundamental uh, differences, um, for instance, about their concept of uh, uh, class, classes, exploiters, and uh, exploited, um, certain parallels, and at the same time, fundamental uh, differences. I have a, a chapter on, uh, on Keynes, um, where I uh, demolish his uh, theory of uh, money and uh, um, unemployment and employment. Um, I have a chapter on uh, Hayek where I um, criticize Hayek's uh, contribution to the so-called uh, calculation debate. Um, I believe that uh, the mistake that Hayek also that Hayek makes in contrast to uh, the correct views that uh, Mises espouses is uh, to consider uh, the fundamental problem of socialism, uh, the fact that um, certain information um, is uh, is unavailable to uh, uh, to people, um, and that you cannot concentrate all sorts of knowledge in uh, in one person's head. Uh, and I try to show that uh, the truly fundamental problem of uh, of socialism is rather the fact that there exists no private uh, private property, and. Uh, only because there exists no private property, certain types of information are by definition then not available, namely the information about uh, prices. Um, I have chapters on uh, the origin of, uh, of states um, uh, and uh, uh, the, uh, um, uh, the inclination of states or the tendency of states to engage in uh, war and, and imperialism, um, and uh, in particular also some interesting remarks about what I call uh, monetary uh, monetary imperialism, that is uh, the setting up of uh, institutional arrangements uh, that allow some states uh, to exploit the population of uh, other uh, other states. Without, without going uh, to war uh, through um, systems such as uh, the Bretton, uh, Bretton Woods uh, system um, and um, the practice of, uh, uh, of client states to use the currency of other states as their own reserve currency. Uh, with that, I conclude and I uh, give the uh, microphone to my next uh, 
the next person. Thank you.